leave me at all. And so it tries to guide me and give me direction and tries to help me walk by the Spirit. And that's what Paul's talking about here, that we can possibly walk in line with the Spirit. But there may be a bit of tension. There may be a bit of tension because we've, we come into our relationship with Christ with some different ideas and some, many times some false ideas or some bad habits. And so the Holy Spirit begins to give us some direction and help us in our walk to be Christ-like. So Paul tells us, reminds us, walk by the Spirit. You'll drop down to verse 22. He begins to talk about what is the fruit of the Spirit. What is the, the outcome? As we pay attention to the conscience and as we walk with Christ, and there begins to be this actual fruit of the Spirit, these things that are evident of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is this. It is love and joy and peace and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. I want to focus a little bit on this word this morning of self-control and the area of finance. Because as we said, you know, we, we get the idea that if we just had more money, that things would be better. That everything would be fixed and everything would be better. And yet I wonder if our money could talk, if our money might say something different. And our money might speak to us about, well, if you just had a little bit more Because I know this is true about me, is that I have an appetite. Because I see things, and when I see them, then I kind of think that that's a good idea that I have that. You know, I was, in the, I was in a mall in the USA last week, and I really don't like going to the mall. But my companion likes to go occasionally. And so I'm with her, and I was thinking, you know, you walk in stores, and then in those stores they ask you, well, what are you looking for? And I'm really never looking for anything, really. <laughs> and that, that confuses people. They think, well, surely you're looking for something. Well, really I'm not, but I'll, maybe I'll know it when I see it. Maybe I'll know it when I see it. And maybe, <clears throat> maybe that's what we're talking about this morning. We have this appetite for stuff. Paul and I, we traveled to Virginia last week, and we got to the hotel, hotel room. We walked in, and there was this massive like Christmas you know and uh, and they said Amazon Prime and I thought I didn't order anything <laughs> where is I I did I, I did order a little bit but, but you know on Amazon they like to they like to send something the size of a quarter in a box that's the size of a shoe box or bigger you know and it's full of air and it's not very heavy so here we walk in this room and there's this mass of boxes and I did maybe I did order one thing but there was a thanks, <laughs> and sent it to the to the Virginia, and so we hauled all that stuff back. But sometimes you know, it, we, we walk into a room, or we or we see these boxes, and we don't remember ordering them. Um, particularly if you're in the U.S. much, and this Amazon Prime thing, and you see these boxes, and it is like Christmas, and it could kind of become like that because we see something and then we want it. We have an appetite for things. And we don't want to be led by our appetite. 
I shared with you in the first message that Jesus had more to say about money and possessions than he did about heaven. Think about that. Somehow, Jesus, the master teacher, he knew somehow that the And yet we would struggle with who is Lord, who is Master. And so he spoke a lot about these things. A coin once, but he looks like he gave the coin back. But Jesus was not asking about money, but he talked about what was going to be the tension in our lives. And this battle, perhaps, for lordships, for lordship, and about self-control. My appetite for stuff. I have to watch it myself. And I think that you do too. If you would consider this morning, and I want to walk us down a path that will lead us to a point of wrestling. So if you would... Think about perhaps your own appetite. Maybe there are some things on your own agenda. You're ready to upgrade that computer. You're ready to purchase a new vehicle. You're looking at a, at a property. You're looking at some things. You, you have some ideas and some dreams. And these None of us today would want to say we want to be mastered by an appetite. You're not going to admit to that. We don't. Perhaps we could at least admit. Yeah, as I kind of think of it and through things this morning, and I give it some thought to the inventory list. And yeah, it's not Christmas yet; it's March. But I am thinking I would like to have a few things. It is this this appetite, this hunger, that leads us to a point of a lack of self-control. When it comes to, to budgeting and to finances, we always think we need some more. In the previous message we shared from Luke, and in Luke chapter 16 and verse 13, read that no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters, two lords. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve them both. Do we might think of that and we think of what well, you can't serve God and the devil, or we can't serve God and ourselves. But we can't serve both. I ask you a question this morning. Do you have money? Or does money have you? And thinking of ter in terms of there being two masters. And what is, what is it that you in internally struggle with? What is the internal tension that you feel? And does it have to do with money and stuff and possessions? Do you have money or does money have you? And you might respond, well, it doesn't have me because I don't have enough of it to have me. You know, if it's a test, then I'd like to have some more of it. 
If it's truly uh, something that brings stress to life and, well, uh, give me an opportunity here and give me a little bit more of it. And let, then let's talk about, about these two masters. It doesn't have me. And yet, and yet, here is, the, here is what's at risk for all of us. See, everyone is at risk of making money their ultimate pursuit or their ultimate concern which makes it their ultimate. The thing that gets us up in the morning. The thing that, that goes through our mind constantly. The thing that we're focused on continually throughout the day. And keeps us up at night. And prevents us from sleeping. Because we're concerned about getting a bit more. And concerning about uh, our own appetite. And again, if you'll work with me this morning. And consider and consider your own ways and consider your own thoughts and your own appetite and perhaps your own self-control. As we come to the point in life, it comes down to, um, and again, Jesus dresses this so clearly and so plainly. He says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, to seek first His kingdom. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. He's telling us that we, we need to seek something besides our own self and our own kingdom. He points us to His Father's kingdom. That, that should be our first point, our first priority. Seek that first. And see, that's contrary to wherever you come from into a relationship with Jesus. Because we naturally seek our own, and we seek our own appetite, and we seek that... It, see, I, I'm pretty good at deceiving myself. You see, if, if I'm led by my own appetite, and I think that money is there for me, and I have this, this turn-loose appetite, then everything that comes in, I think it's then mine... And what it can do for me. And I don't think much about you. And I don't think much about him. But Jesus challenges. But seek first his kingdom. Stop your thinking. Turn it upside down. Flip the script. Turn things around and consider what it would be to first seek his kingdom. And his righteousness. His righteousness. It's not that hard to find. Just simply read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And see what Jesus does. This is God in action. His righteousness. We're seeking His kingdom and we're seeking His righteousness. We're going to do what He does. We're going to value people the way Jesus values people. And it begins to flip things upside down. And it begins to challenge us at our core about our own self-control and our own appetite. And that perhaps that all these things can be given to us as well. See, he lists through things that we worry about in the previous verses. Things that we, are, you know, what if? I mean, what if uh, things don't come together today? What if I don't get paid next week? What if I don't have enough? As I, as I look at me, and I look at my own walk and my own history, I can say, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have this 
un, unfulfilled, un, you know, relentless pursuit of money, but perhaps I do think about, will there be enough? Will there be enough? And it kind of puts things in that same deal because if I'm afraid that there's not going to be enough, and then I, my, my fist could become a bit clenched. Someone shared with me last night, they said, you know what, I've begun to um, you know, realize that I can give through BAC, B-A-C here in Guatemala. And as, and, and as soon as I get paid, it's better just to go ahead and do that right then. Because if I don't, I might forget. Or I might get too concerned that there might not be enough. And then my, my, my fists begin to clench and I can't touch that keyboard to make things happen and, and turn things loose. All these things will be given to you as well. This verse. In others' first kingdom. Can you grasp that this morning? If you would leave here and remember nothing else, I'd like you to remember this, that the kingdom that Jesus talks about, it's an other's first kingdom. It is not you. Jesus went on and this was a discussion with the twelve. You see, the twelve really express the way that things are in our minds and in our world and in corporate world. You know, they got worried about as they were walking along the road. You know, Jesus, they were thinking Jesus is going to set up his earthly kingdom. He's going to set up uh, this earthly empire. And they get worried about who's going to be on his left and who's going to be on his right. And Jesus, he finally, you know, he says, that's not the deal, guys. You see, in my kingdom, it works. The economy is totally different. It's not about who's in those positions. It's about who's serving. It's about who finds a way to serve. The Son of Man even didn't come to be served, but to serve. That's the kind of world that Jesus is talking about. No special parking place for Him. He's come to serve. He further illustrated it. You know, they, they get um, later on and they're having the Last Supper. Times are coming to an end and, and Jesus uh, looks around the room and you know, there's, there's no one that's had the humility to, to fill the, the space of the servant and clean the feet of those that are gathered there. And so, how embarrassing as the disciples look up and see Jesus beginning to, you know, get his clothes in order and begin to get down on his knees and, and wash all of their feet, even the one that would betray him. an upside down kingdom it's different than you and I may think in other terms it's different than what we may have grown up with it's different than the corporate world that we may live in but Jesus modeled and talked about a, a kingdom that was not of this world the economy is different don't want us to forget that it's his kingdom it's an others you see when we put us first we come in last see if I'm going to be first all the time and I'm going to take care of me all the time 
and I'm going to always leverage things to make sure I'm taken care of first, then I can live this life and it at the very end can be a very lonely life. I've done funerals for people like that. No one comes. It's very sad and it's very lonely and these people have spent their last days alone because they never made an impact on anyone else's life. They kept everything for themselves and then they die and there's no U-Haul behind the hearse. It all goes on somewhere. But they never truly got that they were a manager for a limited amount of time. And they never got it. So we can do that. We can come, we can put ourselves first, but we'll be the thing that we were, we were created to seek first our creator. And that's where the satisfaction comes. It'll be dissatisfying if we're only about ourselves and about our kingdom, but we're created to seek him first. I want to give you an idea. What it looks like when there's me first living. Me first living with some leftover giving. It looks like this. See, we live. Give me my next slide, please. We live. And this is what normal is. This is what everybody that was at the mall the other day pretty much was doing. This is what we will naturally lean into. This is what life will be like if we let it. It's me first. And I'm going to take what comes in and I'm going to live on it. And I'm going to live on it maybe over 100% of what comes in. It's all going to be for me. I'm going to save a little bit more for my kingdom. Perhaps I might need it later for retirement. And then I'll give a little what's left over. That's what me first looks like. If you want to live average life and be like most of the people that are thinking that the kingdom is, is, is there for them and they are the top of the, the heap and the top of the kingdom, this is what it looks like. Me first. You could, however, have a seeky first living. And it would look like this. We, we give first. We give first. We give right off the top. We give what comes in immediately. And we give and then we save. We save for the future. We save for later. And then we live on the rest. We give, we save, and we, and we live. See, this was new for me. But it's something that I've tried to pass on. I'm leaving tomorrow. And I think he's going to take... Working and doing uh, construction work, and what are you gonna? What are you gonna do with all that? And he says, "Well, I'll, I'll just keep using my gift, save, and live." I said, "All right. Well, good. Maybe we learned something. We're gonna give, save, and live. See, it's the litmus test of our devotion to God is our willingness to put Him and others first in the arena of our money and possessions. It's a test." It's a test. Because here's the thing, you know, I, <clears throat> I had no problem when I came to the realization that I was not going to live forever. 
And I realized that there were things in my life that separated me from a holy God. And it, He gave me away, though. He, just like we just celebrated with communion, He gave us the opportunity for relationship. And all I had to do was, which was not easy at the time, but, but many of you have done the same path. You see, we come to the point where we realize, man, this is not going to work out on my own. This is not going to last very long. And I want to prepare for life eternal. And so I pray and say, God, will you forgive me of my sins? Will you wash me in your blood, Lord Jesus, that my sins are forgiven and that we walk together in this life? And so I'm able to come to the point of surrender, of following Jesus. But just as he spoke about, again, money and possessions, he knew there would be a tension and a battle for lordship. He knew that. And that's what it comes down to. You see, if we've come to the point in our lives that we, we say, yes, Jesus, definitely, uh, I'm at the end of myself. God, forgive me. God, cleanse me. Uh, let's make sure eternity is taken care of. But in this life, I don't know. I think I might live and save and, and give a little. Jesus knew there would be tension. I want to give you a, a plan today, and it's a plan that will, for many of you, you grew up doing this. You saw your parents do this or your grandparents, and you know what this is. And yet if you've been like some adults, you know, you've, You've, you've been really connected in your walk for a while. And then maybe there was a period that you walked away and you, you kind of rebelled and went on your own. I would suggest for you to look back and consider that perhaps the first thing to go as you maybe stepped away from the Lord for a season was your giving. Ouch. Because there's a connection point. There's a connection point. It is a litmus test. It reveals who the master is. Here's what I want you to do for the next two months. I'm going to ask you today. Is choose a percentage of your income and give it away as soon as you get paid. Choose a percentage. See, a lot of folks would do give, save, and live, and they, they give 10%, and they save 10%, and they live on the first heard that I, my budget wasn't in line with that and it frustrated me because I wanted the test to be Lord I'm not only following you for eternity but my life is surrendered to you anything you've given to me I'm managing and it is yours but there was a reality and we started like five percent but we started a place that it was a tension point it was a struggle it was not easy. It was not already in the budget. It was not already in the habits. And so we have started somewhere. And I'm encouraging you today. Choose a percentage of your income. And give it away as soon as you get paid. You can do that online. You can do that in a basket. You can do it in a number of ways. But it's a, it is a reflection of who the master is. And the priorities of the kingdom. I want you, though, to pay attention to the internal 
tension that this creates. Listen to the conversations you have in your mind. Because here's the thing. I've been doing this for a while. And yet there are moments in life. And I think others who've been following Jesus for a while would say the same thing. There are those moments where you think, I, I don't know that I want to put that extra zero on there. I don't know that I can do that. Lord, my, you're stretching my faith. You know the obligations ahead. You know I've got a child going to college. You know that uh, I've got these obligations. You've got, I've got these things going on. I've also got a, a little appetite for a few things. And so this tension begins to develop. We're concerned, will there be enough? Lord, will you come through? And I, I, I brought today even my own checkbook. I've got it filled out, but I wanted today to write a check that doesn't necessarily reflect just a 10%. Because I want you to know that that tension is real for me, just as it probably is for you. I'm wondering, can I trust? Lord, I know you've been faithful. And I know you'll be faithful again. But I've got to talk myself through it. I've got to remind myself of his word. I've got to remind myself of his faithfulness. And I've got to think in terms of a kingdom that is not mine. It's a kingdom that is others-based. And I want to see more people come to know Jesus. And the best way I know how to do that is to, is to just equip the church. Allow the church to be able to do what it does and love on people. I walked through this campus today and I was greeted by different ones. People that were serving in different capacities. Some for the very first time. And they're serving today. And that's what's going on as people come for the very first time. And I'm sure there's people here today for the very first time. And I know that I've experienced the presence of God here today. So I know that you have too, even for the very first time. That's the environment though. As that people come together and they come wanting and hungering for a relationship with God that they can find in this place. And I, I know of no other better way to do it than that I just say, Lord, I'm just putting first you and your kingdom. I am trusting and walking by faith that God, you are doing some incredible things that are beyond my imagination. But you are moving by your spirit and you speak to the hearts of men and women and boys and girls and you draw them into your kingdom. I want to support that. I want to be a part of that. And so I do that today. I'm inviting you, though, to join me in that, that you join me and, and commit to two months, not two days, not not just think about this today and walk out of here and forget about it, but two months that you embrace that tension and embrace those conversations that are in your mind and you begin to think about, why do I feel that way? Do I, and, and many of you will identify and think just like I am right now. I'm sharing with you from my heart. I'm not making this stuff up. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. This is, this is how it works. But I, I want to express, I want to model for you, not for my gain, but for the, the benefit of the kingdom of God. That we fully trust Him, not only with eternity, but we fully trust Him with everything He entrusts to us. We send it away. We tell it where to go. 
And that's with that confidence and with that commitment that I'll write a check today. I got to go find that basket later. But I want to see God do something. And I want I want Him to know that I, this heart is surrendered. This heart, God, you don't have to do another thing for me. You've done it all for me. It's your shed blood that I need for the forgiveness of sin. And I want to make that a reality for more people. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Will you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you for this time today. A time to look into your word, a time to be honest, a time to reflect, a time to expose deception of the enemy, a time to, God, just get it straight. God, it's not about us, it's not about me, but it's about you and your kingdom and your righteousness. God, we want to love on people today. We want to see you honored and glorified today. I pray, God, as you work in our hearts today, God, let your people, let us wrestle with tension. Let us wrestle through the questions, but let them be exposed. And God, over that, we'll choose you. We'll choose your word. We'll choose your faithfulness. God, in your church, do your work. Free of anything, of error, God, just with with purity and clarity, your word. Do your work, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you today for the one that may here be, be here for the first time. God, they're not following you. But today you've worked in their heart. And God, they're ready to consider you. Consider, count the cost and make eternity and make it right with you. I pray, God, you give freedom in your house today for the one that needs freedom and forgiveness of sin. I pray this this morning in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. I hope you'll come back next week if you can. If you're not traveling, you'll be here for part three of this series. We just share with you biblical truth in regard to money and finance. Jesus had a lot to say about it. You may be here today, and I wanted to kind of close this service out a little different because we often give an invitation. We play a song, and we invite you to come and pray. And and we do that today. Myself and uh, Paula, Rob, Amanda, there's people here that will pray with you. And if that's where you're at today. I also know, though, that sometimes, sometimes we just need a conversation. We need someone to talk to us and answer some questions and walk us through what it is to take a next step because it could be totally foreign to you. Or it it could be just strange and you're just not sure. That's exactly where I was as a non-Christ follower. And so I want to just make sure you know today if you're considering following Jesus that uh, we want to have that conversation with you Rob Juliard wants to help me have that conversation with you we want to help you take next steps and, and you decide 
We're going to lay it out for you. We're going to help you know what it is to follow Jesus. And so there are a number of ways that you can cross the line of faith. And we just want you to be able to do that in freedom and with nothing uh, odd or, or hidden at all. No hidden agenda. We just want to help you follow Jesus. And so if that's you today, you can, you can email us at info at access.gt. You can uh, let us know by email. You can text to us that number that was on the screen earlier. You can come to us and say, you know what, I'm not ready today, but I'd like to have a conversation. Can we have coffee? Always yes. Always. We want to have a conversation with you. So that's our invitation today.